Hi there. I'm Lee Redhead, a writer and member of Sisters in Crime Australia. Welcome to Scarlet Stiletto Bites, scintillating short stories by Australian women. Our weekly podcast is designed for busy lives. Each murder mystery is short, but not always sweet. Expect twisted tales, quirky humour, imagination, and a frisson of feminism. Sisters in Crime Australia's Scarlet Stiletto Awards were established in 1994 to unearth criminal literary talent. We're producing these podcasts of winning stories to celebrate the sisters' 30th anniversary ceremony in Melbourne in late 2023. The concept designer and narrator is fellow sister, actor, barrister, broadcaster, and best-selling true crime author, Susanna Lopez. Hello, Susanna here. Sometimes it's hard to look past the usual suspects. Sometimes it takes perhaps a smidge of women's intuition. Today's story is Stone Cold by Ruth Wykes, Scarlet Stiletto winner in 2016. Nikita blinked. It wasn't the first time this day I had thought of a Goanna when I looked into her eyes, reptilian, indifferent, predatory... I asked you a question. Where is Max Newstead? Dunno. Nikita, you were seen on CCTV walking away from the primary school with Max. Where did you go? Already told you a hundred times. He walked to the corner with me because that's where his mum was picking him up. We both know that's not true. Are you calling my kid a liar? Nikita's mother, whose name I couldn't remember, was a ball of belligerence. We've been here three hours and she's been nothing but cooperative. As cooperative as a cat being walked on a leash. Why didn't you go to school yesterday? I fell off my bike and hurt my hand. Mum let me stay home. And what were you doing hanging around the primary school? I just walked past it and I was on my way to visit Chloe. Who's Chloe? She shrugged her shoulder. Friend. So you walked to the corner with Max. Where did he go next? Dunno. Didn't see him after that. And did you go straight to Chloe's? She wasn't home. What time did you get to her house? Dunno. I gritted my teeth so hard my jaw ached. Seven-year-old Max Newstead had been missing for 26 hours. It was winter in East Jindabyne and there'd been a blizzard on the Alps overnight. If Max was out there somewhere, it was imperative we find him today. It would be minus four degrees in the town tonight. Lee coiled he was. What's up? Uh, We got a witness who saw Rain's ute near the primary school yesterday afternoon. We need to go and have another little talk with the bastard. Mitchell Bloody Rain's the local sex pest. Fair enough, he'd been caught with nasty photos when he'd stupidly taken his computer into Logan's to get fixed last year. 
But it was a long leap from downloading images to abducting a child in broad daylight. Bull and I had talked to Reigns last night, along with every other known sex offender in the district, all three of them. Two of their alibis were solid, but Mitchell Reigns we weren't so sure of. He told us he was home, tiling the bathroom all day. The place he called home was an old fisherman's cottage on the edge of Lake Jindabyne. A muddied Hilux ute told us Reigns wasn't far away. Was that kayak there yesterday? Bull nodded towards the lake's edge. In the distance I spotted the orange uniforms of the SES who were doing a perimeter search of the lake. I hadn't seen a kayak or anything else for that matter and I muttered a curse when my imagination took me to the middle of the lake in a kayak with a restrained child helplessly. I strode over to the veranda and banged on the door. Mitchell, Detective Madden, open the door. As if he wouldn't have heard us pull up. When there was no reply, I looked in through the lounge room window. Oh, shit. Bull, get over here. I flew to the door and kicked hard at it with my size sevens. Flimsy, it opened on the second kick. As I ran into the lounge room, I had two impressions. He was an immaculate housekeeper and a lonely man. He lay slumped on a leather recliner and blood ran in rivulets down his wrists. Reigns was semi-conscious and I fought to fit latex gloves on slippery fingers as I called for an ambulance. I pressed down on the wounds trying to staunch the flow of blood. Mitchell! Where's Max? Come on, mate. It'll go better for you if you tell us. I was surprised that when he opened his eyes, they were brimming with tears. Fuck off, he whispered. With Reigns tucked up in bed at Jindamine District Hospital and assurances from the doctor that he would survive his suicide attempt, Bull and I headed to the Newsteads. I told you it was him, Kate. Paul drew hard on his cigarette and blew smoke out of the window. Of our government-issued non-smoking car. We don't know that yet. (laughs) No better statement of guilt in my book than trying to top yourself. No better copper in the business than one with a closed mind, mate. Uh, Whatever. Anyway... Stacy's finished searching the lake's edge. They're going to bring divers in tomorrow and, and search near his house. Stacy Reimer was the captain of the local SES. In her day job, she was a self-employed plumber. I didn't want to hear him talk like this. I wasn't ready to accept that we were talking about recovery instead of rescue. Max Newstead is a child and I was not about to give up on him. When did you talk to Stace? Bull laughed. Are you fishing, detective? She told me you two aren't speaking. Lovers, Tiff? Just the usual. She wants babies and I want... Now don't fuck this one up, Katie. She's good for you. 
Fortunately, we pulled into the newsteads just as the conversation threatened to go somewhere I was trying to avoid. Alina and Jason Newstead lived in a three-bedroom house near the edge of town. They'd moved there eight years ago, and their three kids had been born there. Max was the eldest. I knew the family a little, as you do in a small town, and often ran into them at the RSL club or at the Oval. They were middle Australia in the flesh, but when Elena Newstead opened the door to us, I barely recognised her. She searched past my shoulder, then panic flickered in her eyes. Have you found him? No, no, not yet. If someone could deflate like a pinprick balloon, Eleanor did in that moment. She stared through me, hope and defeat waging war in her heart. From the hallway, a voice boomed, graveled, rubbed raw by too much grief, too little sleep. It's that fucking rock spider. If you can't get him to tell you where Max is, I'm going to go over to the hospital and beat it out of him. What the hell are you doing here? Get out and find him. Jason Newstead had been drinking for hours by the look and smell of him. Mate, Ball moved in to steady him. We just came to give you an update. How's that going to help Max? You haven't found him. My son is out there in the freezing friggin' cold and the sun's about to go down. You've got to find him tonight. He's a little ball. He won't last another night out there. Out there was wilderness, an eerie lake and the imposing mountain that claimed bragging rights as our country's biggest. How were we going to find one small child? There is something unique in small country towns. Throw a crisis at them and they band together, a strange foster family of misfits. So I shouldn't have been surprised when Bull and I got back to the station at 10.30pm to discover that Marie Collins had dropped off a casserole and her friend Mary had made us blueberry muffins. I was more surprised that sitting in my chair in the most disgusting muddied overalls was Stacy almost inhaling a plate of spicy beef. Hey babe, I feigned cool as I ladled food onto a paper plate. You look knackered, are you you okay? Might be if we could find Max. It's dark and it's freezing and I don't know what to do. I sounded pathetic even to my own ears. The most beautiful woman in the world reached up and stroked my face. You eat, darling, that's what you do. I chewed as I flipped through a daunting pile of phone messages and tips. Check out this bloke. I saw him peering through a neighbour's window. You might want to know that the publican hits his wife. Someone's been mutilating rabbits and leaving them near the cemetery. Someone else is cheating on his wife. Okay, where haven't we searched? The lake, Bull yawned, but that'll get done in the morning. And what if it's not rains? What if we're looking in all the wrong places? Who else could it be? He's a pedo, he's got no alibi, and he tried to top himself when the kitchen got too hot. I don't know that he fits for me.
Oh, come on, Kate. You saw his house. Normal blokes don't live like that. And where's his computer? You can't tell me that someone like him suddenly doesn't have a computer. He's hidden it, just like he's hidden Max. We should be over at that hospital now, putting pressure on that prick to tell us where the kid is. They've been at him all afternoon. Sarge was over there. The FLO had a crack. Even the bloody Uniting Church minister tried to get him to talk. Oi, you two, stop! Stacy wedged herself between us. I don't know about you, Ball, but Kate hasn't slept for nearly two days. You're both going home to bed. The doors to accident and emergency slid open and I walked into the chaos of a typical winter's day. East Jindabyne was base camp for skiers and their cronies, whose dreams of conquering Threadbow often ended up in splints and crutches. I dodged a gurney where a teenager sucked on a green whistle. The glistening bone that jutted from his ankle almost made me feel sicker than he was. Mitchell Rain's room was stark relief. I don't know what it is about hospital beds, but they always make people look smaller, more vulnerable than they probably are. Can't you people leave me alone? He tossed aside the newspaper he was reading. I brought you a coffee, a decent one. I scraped a chair towards his bed. I've got nothing, detective, nothing to tell you. I'm not here to ask you anything. I'm here to give you an update. He smirked at me. We searched your house yesterday and your ute. Divers are going into the lake today. Are we going to find Max? He shrugged, struggled to make eye contact with me and failed. Mate, help me understand. Why did you have those photos on your computer? They weren't mine. My brother put them there. Mitchell, look at me. I'm not judging you. I just want to understand. Really? More like you've come here to play good cop and get me to confess to something I didn't do. Didn't you? Then help me. Did you see Max at school the other day? He flared. You bastards couldn't find a beer in a brewery. Didn't you even look at the photos on my computer? It's girls, I love, not boys. You fucking blame me for everything that farts in this town. Just because you're too small-minded to understand that what I feel for these girls is love. And I would never hurt them. Girls like Nikita Jones... Too old. She's 13. Like I said, she's too old. He was rigid with anger. All right, mate, calm down. Have you ever acted on this love? No, but there's a couple of girls here in town, and I know by the way they look at me, they want it as bad as I do. Fire ants crawled under my skin and it was a massive effort to appear neutral. Is that why you were at the primary school? I told you I wasn't there. 
Yeah, you were, mate. Mitchell, how old are you? I'll be 23 next week. Have you ever acted on your fantasies? None of your business. The sexual exploitation of children most certainly was my business, but I let it go. It's not a crime to think or even to fantasise, but there's a line and you can never, ever cross it. I think you saw Max from a distance and you thought he was a girl. And I think that by the time you realised you'd made a mistake, it was too late. Where is he, mate? I saw in his eyes that he wanted to hit me. I was still grappling with my next question when my phone rang. It was the duty sergeant. Kate, they found him. I held my breath, not yet wanting the answer to the only question in my head. As the Sarge filled me in, I started to run. I don't care how tough you are or how thick a skin you wear, there are moments in this job that rip your heart out of your chest. The lifeless body of Max Newstead protruded from an abandoned dog kennel at the back of a garden shed. Bloodied, matted hair was all we could see and we needed to leave it that way until crime scene got here from Kuma. It was a big yard, at least half an acre, backing onto the primary school's sports oval. I sidestepped a puddle of vomit as I walked back to the veranda. On the way, I called the station and barked to the Sarge that he needed to send someone over to the Newsteads now. Ross Howard reminded me of every Mullumbimby dropout I've ever met. A 50-something hippie, he looked spaced out. I, I thought I smelled something yesterday afternoon when I was working in the shed, but I put it down to a dead animal. Were you home on Tuesday? Uh, what? Uh, no, no, I was, I was at work, I, I think. Shocked seemed to have stolen his faculties and I understood that. But my own coping skills were threatening to fray. I had to focus. You think... Where do you work? Got a ski hire business on the main street. Did you see or hear anything unusual when you got home? I peppered him with questions as the hive of the crime scene began to get busy. A while later, the coroner called me and Bull back to the shed. I've had them take the roof off the dog kennel. Do you want to see him while he's in situ? I did. And... I didn't. Nothing prepares you. I don't care what anyone says, nothing does. He was curled tightly into himself, as though his last living instinct had been to crawl back inside his mother's womb. His little face was battered, one eye hung from its socket. His nostrils were caked with soil and mucus, and his front teeth were broken and bloodied. His nails were splintered. He'd fought. He's fully dressed. I don't think I was expecting that. The fucker probably put his clothes back on him. Paul's face was a dangerous beetroot. 
I'm fairly certain he was attacked here. Even the coroner sounded angry. And it took him a while to die. A donkey kicked me in the guts as I absorbed what he said. Bull bowed his head and for a minute I thought he was going to say a prayer or something until a sob caught in his throat. The next few hours passed in a blur of busyness. As the jungle drums beat through the town, a crowd gathered in the street. Flowers, teddy bears and toy trucks formed an unruly shrine against Ross Howard's fence. We knocked on neighbours' doors, organised the SES to search the school grounds and consulted with the crime scene crew. It was almost 3pm when I heard the sharp whistle of an SES searcher and a few minutes later, Stacy called out to me and Bull. They'd struck gold. Normally, I would push her away if Stacy touched me while I was at work, but this day, I let her hold my hand while we watched a crime scene officer unwrap a bloody towel that revealed a hunting knife and a brick that had been smashed to pieces. Reminds me of when we went out to the cemetery. The dead rabbits. I turned towards the voice and saw one of the uniformed constables gawking. What's fucking wrong with you, you insensitive flog? Bull glared. Settle down, Bull. I'm just saying the bricks are the same. Bull rolled his eyes and turned his back. Come here. Stacy nudged me away from the huddle. What's up? Just checking in. I, I won't insult you by asking if you're okay. Do you need anything? I rested my head on her shoulder, as if everything that was safe and familiar in my world could fix this terrible day. My phone vibrated and I fished it out of my pocket. Kate, I need you and Bull over at the hospital now. Mitchell Rains is dead. Jason Newstead answered the door, drunk, defiant and covered in Mitchell Rains' blood. Saved you bastards a job, didn't I? And I saved the taxpayers a shitload of money, he wobbled a finger in the air. Mate, said Bull, moving in, we need you to come with us. What for? Come on, let's let's talk down the station. Nah, Elle needs me. I ain't going anywhere. Come on, Jason, I tried. Let's do this the easy way, mate. Piss off, bitch. He bunched a fist and connected just below my eye socket. Shit, that hurt. Does it? Feel good to wrestle a man to the ground on the worst day of his life and slap handcuffs on him? Or to drag him away from his family at the moment they needed him the most? No, it feels like the shittiest thing I have ever done. It didn't help that my face was throbbing or that I had seen his son and what had been done to him. As soon as this was over and we had him locked up, I was going home. To Stacy, I was going to get blind, motherless, falling down drunk. And I did. The weekend came and went, and I didn't go into work for three days. Word in the office was that Jason Newstead would be released on bail after a court appearance today. And I didn't mind that. 
He would eventually serve time in prison, but a half-decent lawyer would win him a greatly reduced sentence, given the circumstances. Three days and two bottles of Johnny Walker later, I still couldn't get the image of Max Newstead out of my head. Nice shiner, Katie. Piss off, bull. You okay, big fella? His chair cushion exhaled as he eased himself into it. I'm still a bit rough. My phone jangled. Detective Madden, this is Mick Delaway from the coroner's office. We've got a problem. Of course we do. What's up, Mick? First of all, something surprising. We discovered at the autopsy there was no evidence of any sexual assault. Really? None? Small mercies, at least the poor little bugger had been spared something. Nope, but that's not the big news. We've had a preliminary report on the DNA that was scraped from under the little fella's fingernails. Oh, okay, that was quick. Why is that a problem? It's female. I couldn't speak. My hands trembled as I hung up the phone. Head bowed, I thought about a young man whose body lay in a morgue, his family too ashamed to claim him, and a father who sat in jail, about to face the terrible truth that he'd killed an innocent man. I thought about a little boy lying bludgeoned in a dog kennel, and this new truth. My brain couldn't grasp it, couldn't make it make sense. Nikita, do you want to tell me your version of what happened? Reptilian eyes blinked under the harsh fluorescent light. The smirk seemed to be a permanent fixture. Nothing happened. I wondered, not for the first time this night, if Nikita Jones was evil. On the surface she was attractive, sassy even, but I couldn't see that in her right now. She was flanked by her mother and the family lawyer. Let me clue you in to what we know. We know you stole your neighbour's pet rabbits for practice. We know you planned this for weeks. Whatever. And we know you didn't really fall off your bike. We know that bandage was to cover up the scratches and the bite marks, wasn't it? You can't prove anything. See, that's where you're wrong. We've got your DNA under Max's fingernails and in his teeth and on the knife. For the first time, those soulless eyes became curious. So you're going to lock me up then? I am. Tell me something. Why did you do it? I've always wanted to know what it's like. What what was like? Killing someone. And what was it like? I am not having this conversation. It was great. It's the best feeling in the world. The smile she gave me chilled me to my marrow. You should have seen his eyes bulge. Enough! 
I slammed my hand on the table. What's the matter, detective? Squeamish? The gun, snug against my hip, became an itch I desperately wanted to scratch. In that moment, I saw her future. She would be out of juvenile detention and on the streets by the time she turned 18. The bleeding hearts would protect her, scream that she was fixed, deserved a second chance. I knew better. This child wasn't broken. She was a monster. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love your feedback. Subscribe for free to Scarlet Stiletto Bites wherever you get podcasts. And do visit our website, sistersincrime.org.au.